But the man's a visionary. And the same, I mean, like in many ways is the the modern godfather of shonen battle anime and also the modern godfather of of JRPG. I mean, he didn't write uh, Dragon Quest, but still the, the aesthetic shape of mm. Dragon Quest, him. Sam, would you say that uh, Kira Toriyama is the uh, undisputed king oh. of shonen anime? Oh. You know what? Bring it back. You could make a very strong <laughs> argument that Akira Toriyama is the undisputed king of modern Japanese anime. I don't think you've said that for a year. It's been a while. It's been a while. We shat on Joe you Karen's way too fan. much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So they pull out an undisputed king. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Anime. How are you all? What's going on? We are, of course, the podcast where we try and throw open the gate to all fans, whether you be old, new, returning. We want to try and break down anime for those who might be interested or for those who've maybe gone away and want to come back or for those of you who live and breathe it like we do and just want to talk about it. We're here to talk about anime. Charlie, how are you? I'm good. Happy to be back in the studio with some fresh faces, but also with Graham. How are you, Graham? (laughs) I want to throw in something like I'm ready to go Super Saiyan or or just start a KO Ken or (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Genki Dama. It's all happening. And so here we have a very good friend of the podcast joining us after a while. We've been trying to line this up for a while. Just returned from Japan itself as well. And a shirt. Yes, an excellent shirt. (laughs) And this is, of course, Kieran Clancy Lowe. Kieran, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Great to be here. <laughs> it's good um, to have you. Yeah, and uh, that's true. I, uh, well, thank you so much. I got a call out last time uh, on, on one of the previous episodes while I was in Japan. Yeah, it starts. It was like- really lovely because I was listening to it. I was like, "That's me! That's me!" <laughs> Just grabbing they Japanese. They talking about me. They're about me. Oh, yeah, but it's in my headphones, so I can't share it with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I just internalized that. It's me. It's, it's finally me. me. Uh, <laughs> Very exciting. Well, today we are talking about what really is, outside of Pokemon, the biggest gateway anime in the West, to Australians at least, and I would say Americans, English, you're, you're, we got a, represent, a representative from the UK right here. You represent them all, Graham. Br- old Britannia. Uh, old Britannia. What are you trying to say? Represented on this podcast. Thank yeah, you. Okay. But no, of course, we're talking about Dragon Ball Z. Now, this is something we haven't really talked about that much before. We obviously mention it all the time, but it's sort of like one of those things like where we just kind of breeze past it because it's just that, oh, it's the gateway. It's, you know, it was everyone's gateway. You know what I mean? Mm. But we really need to give it some actual love. It needs to be talked about properly because we all owe it so much, you know, really. I mean, Pokemon obviously, you know, in its, its own sort of place, you know, but Dragon Ball Z, I think, was the first time that, because Pokemon is so mukukuseke, uh, if you will, which means stateless in a way. So it's kind of an idea where a lot of Japanese media appears stateless. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, you could argue, is certainly that in some respects. But I think it's much more distinctly Japanese than, say, Pokemon is. Mm-hmm. It is the first time I remember seeing something and not necessarily being like, that's foreign. You know what I mean? As a 12-year-old kid living, you know, it wasn't, but, you know, it wasn't subtitled when we watched it on Cheese TV. Of course, we all watched it on Cheese TV. It's how we got our start. And for those of you who aren't from Australia or old enough, we've mentioned it many times before. But Cheese TV, of course, is a kid's TV show that was a cartoon show every morning. And it had Sailor Moon, Pokemon. Dragon Ball Z, it opened the gate for so many of us. And just many of us got our first exposure to anime and then it just went down the Naruto, you know, one piece we all went in. That's how we all got in. It was the gateway. But Dragon Ball Z was something very special to all of us. And I remember going to school back in the day and like literally I would have to tape it because I have to leave at the wrong time. So I have to tape it with a VCR. Fuck, Shawmage. I was, I was always late. I was late for school because of Dragon because Ball Z. Because of Dragon Ball Z. And I also think that in terms of like, Pokemon was my technical gateway to anime because yeah. it was the first thing I kind of got like obsessed with. But Dragon Ball Z, I think, was maybe a time when I recognized that maybe anime could be, or like, sorry, these, I hadn't quite recognized it was anime yet, of course, because mm. I was seven, I don't know. Um, but I think that it kind of made me go like, this is a little bit more violent, a little bit more edgy, a little bit more yeah. of the like 
shonen tropes that I actually ended up drawing me towards anime yeah. in the end. So it was actually more of a gateway in that way for me. Yeah, I kind of recognize the power systems. Not that Pokemon doesn't have a great power system. It does, but like, you know, we're not having charge ups. We're not having like, you know, the fights that go for 20 years with a timer on the screen. You know, yeah, we're not having yeah. these outlandish bad guys. But I do remember the Freezer arc was the main classic. But it's funny because we're talking about Dragon Ball Z, which is later in the series. So really, we came true. into it late. This is true. Regard. This you is did. true. Really this is true. Really yeah, like late. that's the end, right? Well, no, there's also GT, which was a GT. disaster. Wasn't GT Super. before? No, no, Dragon Super. Ball. So yeah, Dragon Ball. Um, Dragon Ball Expert. is actually Dragon Ball Z. Technically, is actually the uh, reboot of Dragon Ball, and it covers uh, Akira Toriyama's manga from volume 16 to 42. Mm. Uh, so everything before that is Dragon Ball. And I watched it and I read it and it's fantastic. Um, but it wasn't really a gateway for us because it wasn't uh, it wasn't accessible. I think the first time I saw Dragon Ball was on Foxtel, whereas mm. Dragon Ball Z was on Free to Wear on, on yes. GCD. Yeah. And then uh, on Foxtel it would have been on Toonami. But um, yeah. Dragon Ball wasn't wasn't accessible. It wasn't a playable area no. when no. I was um, when I was a little I was a little guy when it was my gateway. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically it was essentially a reboot because I think it was the uh, Koyama uh, and Toy Animation sort of took over from a different studio, uh, took over the animation, Koyama took over the writing, and it was basically from the end of Goku is now the world's strongest. He's mm. won the Tenkaichi Budokai. He's beaten all the all of the villains and uh, of Dragon Ball and turned most of them into friends. King Piccolo, for example. And yes. King, yeah, Demon Dim King Piccolo and then Piccolo Junior. Mm -hmm. So twice, <laughs> and uh, and then there's a four year gap or five year gap, in fact, where Goku has a kid, mm -hmm. and um, that's where we pick up. And, yeah. and he starts there uh, with um, the arrival of Goku's brother Raditz on planet. Mm. Yes, yes. Okay. Cool. Funny it's, that it starts like in fatherhood. I feel like that's not mm. usually like a main thing that would kind of. I mean, I guess so. Really, Sam, we came in at Baruto. Oh, that's where we're did? at you came in the canon. No, no, no. You came in at Shippuden. Yes, that's you better. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. But he didn't have a son. I'm talking like Naruto yeah. wasn't his dad. Oh, yeah. Look, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because Kurama like could be his son. He develops a good relationship with the fox that lives inside you his stomach. Yeah. Bring up Karamo in front of me. I'm going to cry. Dare <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, you? <laughs> I mean. It was, yeah, you're right, Charlie. You're completely correct in that. It was the first time we really got these anime tropes, you know, because, mm. I mean, Pokemon's tropey in its storytelling, but it's not like classic anime tropes necessarily. But, and many people get confused when we say the big three, everyone goes, you know, oh, Bleach isn't one of the big three. You know, it's it's Dragon Ball Z. It's like, no, 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 Dragon Ball Z is the godfather. And we've got a whole episode on this. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But very much this was the progenitor of modern shonen anime and manga. Now, of course, was it the first? No, there's many. We're not going to get into the reads of that. But at the same time, for the West, for what we all saw, unless you were like, you know, older and you were those people like Madman who were like getting VCR tapes sent over from Japan and then they were like putting, you know, like that was how you were getting anime outside of Cheese TV in Australia in the 90s. Mm. Like, And of course, we were too young the internet was only burgeoning. We, you know, we, we got into it a bit later. We're talking about a time when the internet wasn't accessible. Not to us anyway. I mean, very few, like, you know, our cousin had it a bit, but like not really. It was like IRC and all this fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, but the kind of people that had it also had like the water dispensers in their fridge. You know, they're all rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how you know. Like, it, was rich, it was a rich man's game. Rich man's game for sure. Still waiting for that. crushed ice. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. What? Literally, literally. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. I, I think that. Another thing that the rumors about Dragon Ball Z when I was young is everyone was the like rumors? the rumors around the schoolyard the were like the street, it's, guys. <laughs> it's been heavily edited and actually the original version is super violent, which is what I heard. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I didn't really research this that much, but knowing full well about how one of my favorite shows, Naruto, One Piece in particular, how that got kind of brought over to Australian free-to-air television is four kids did the dubs. Yes. And they did things like they made Sanji have a lollipop and they like the voiceovers mm -hmm. and they edited, they made their own theme songs. Mm -hmm. And hear me out, okay, Dragon Ball Z, I'm not upset that they made an English theme song because it slaps so it's hard. Slap. It's, it's, hard. it's one of my favorite it's songs to this day. Dude. Dragon, dragon, rock, rock the dragon. dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, the opening riff, all of it. Oh, yeah. man. So I, so you know, I, pre Falconer as well. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. But um, it's it's part of the the ocean. Um, the first dub is where that song came in, and then Falconer, who I think is famous for the music in Dragon Ball Z, 
just kind of left it there until the garlic saga. So two major sagas, the Saiyan saga and the Frieza saga, or the Namek saga, was allowed to sit and just be become part of the Dragon Ball zeitgeist and part of all our collective memories yep. of yes. Dragon Ball Z years. Yep. And one of my favorite bits about it is that they made the theme song using uh, material from the movies uh, rather than from the series so that there was no spoilers. Oh. Oh. And whether that was intentional or not, what it meant was that you, except for the last frame where Goku goes Super Saiyan, you're like, what's that? Why do you go blunt? And we yeah. don't find out for a hundred episodes mm-hmm. what that is. I think partway through Trunks arrives as well, and you're like, "Who's the purple-headed kid? Yeah. He looks cool. Yeah. He's cool looking. He looks dude. like me. He looks like my like like I'd like to look like that <laughs> one day when I'm a teenager." It's um uh, yeah, rock the dragon, man. And best. compared the to best, like dude. the other travesties that four kids came out with, so again, One Piece are very much mm. on my mind due to watching the series. But they the English four kids first song because the actual theme song for One Piece is really good. It's like, it's like really, really famous song, really fantastic. Um, But the one for fucking four kids was like, gotta go, gotta go, dream it, don't give it up, Luffy. It's like, honestly, it's got like a bunch of raps in it. Give it up, give it up. Here's how the story goes to find out There's no doubt. The pirate who's is on it, he'll sing, I'll be king of the pirates, I'm going to be king. Pretty good. And the Naruto one was even more offensive. It was like, it was like, Sakura, like she's got the nice hair. Like it was honestly, whoever wrote that had never watched that show in their life they gave some songwriter like you write a song and just like we looked at pictures. also know the answer to what is the best naruto opening of all time oh. song wise do I'll, we i'll butcher the japanese but you know oni ona sleeping on fighting dreamers fighting dreamers fighting dreamers yeah oh we're split yeah dude what about rocks? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think it's down to what you watch first. So, but Dragon Ball Z time. theme song is iconic and stands alone, and I would listen to it yeah. on my Spotify, and I have. So, <laughs> and don't I worry. do. It's a number of my playlists. All yeah. of them are. I guess. So the reason we brought Kieran on, not just because he's a good friend, but also because Dragon Ball Z is your thing, right? Yeah. Like you, you love <laughs> this show, and like obviously we're all very much dining out on the nostalgia, right? But like I'd be lying if I said I watched Dragon Ball Z in the last. You know, out properly in you know twenty twenty five. You know I mean? can't even explain like, to you the power system. I'm so far behind. No, this, this is the thing. That's why we've avoided what, talking ultra about instinct. It. What? Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Isn't it just the hair? <laughs> it's well, the power of my hair. My producer's telling me to stop talking to you. Oh, yeah. but, um, Here we go, guys. We got it. Turn that. Turn that light off. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, it's dark. Sitting in the darkness. <laughs> um, no, but of course, the reason we got you on is because we wanted to explain Dragon Ball Z, but like we're just we're going to keep dining out on the nostalgia because mm. it does mean a lot to us, and you know. We'll bring things up and we'll all get like, oh my God, wow, like that. I remember how good, like we just did about the music. And obviously we did a nostalgia episode not long ago. And this is obviously a huge part of it. But why don't you tell us how you came to Dragon Ball Z and what it means to you and why it's stuck with you and why you've gone back and continue to watch it. That is a big question. I mean, easy answer is that it for me, same as everyone else, it was on Cheese TV. It was the last thing that was on that I could watch most of before I had to go to school in the mornings. And it just it just played such a large part of like our uh, our experiences as 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 kids mm-hmm. into teenagers and everything. And it honestly played a, a a significant role in me deciding to be a storyteller and and that sort of thing and pursuing that as a as an as an adult. Toriyama just opened my eyes to what can be storytelling, how the how the confines of of uh, a world build can be almost infinite. Well, certainly over 9,000. Uh, <laughs> hey, nice. very good segment. Even I got that. Nice. Yeah, uh, but then uh, also as a, as, a, as a sport, as a sports person, as a swimmer, um, the concept, and I think it, it, it shine, shines through in a lot of people in our generation, the idea of like train in Saiyan. And that, I mean, that's the key difference between Goku and Superman is that Goku is always striving and Vegeta and Piccolo and Gohan are always striving to be better than they were to be to become stronger to become faster to become more proficient uh, and that it just so happens that they've chosen proficiency is for fighting and it's lucky that they live in a world where fighting can be your entire purpose and the only way to save the 
universe or multiverse nowadays is by fighting. Mm. Um, I think it permeates now. There's a lot of gym gym culture and some of it's toxic gym bros and like the whole, again, train and saying thing. Um, but for me, swimming was my thing. And it's a, it's a sport where you spend a lot of time in isolation, in the cold and the wet and it's early. And, um, and uh, just thinking, well, you know, go could do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you just want to continue to strive to be better than you were and continue to strive to achieve greater heights and, and bigger goals. You teach yourself to fly mm -hmm. using just this, the energy that permeates out of your own body. It opened up, you know, limitless possibilities for me. And, and if it's the point where I like, I probably took a stack of reputational damage even as a teenager, because I remember vividly, I am the kid in the schoolyard at lunchtime, even in year 12, still trying to like do a Kamehameha. I'm still doing that. I expecting a blue energy wave anymore. Still but on my, that My game. cousin and I, shout out Chris, he moved to our school a bit later as well. He came from Sydney over to Western Australia and he was like, yeah, cool, I'll play. Um, and a bunch of my, my friends, even up until year 12, would still be like, okay, what, like, what moves can you remember the names of? Let's do that at lunch. I'll be throwing like final flashes and, and big bangs. We'd say Kamehameha's, Masenko's, the random one that Trunks does once uh, to defeat Freezer, uh, you know, uh, the Makako Senpo or better known as Special Bin Cannon. Of course. Um, all of them. Spirit and bomb. we'd just spirit bomb, yeah, Genki Dharma. We'd KO can each other. We'd stand there and charge up. Um, I should have gone to your school. Yeah, you <laughs> all I was yeah. doing was just Naruto running alone around the Opal. Just ninja <laughs> running around. <laughs> we didn't need Naruto running because we could fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had instant transmission. Uh, we, might have been, we might have had enemies though, Kieran. Like, we might have been like we, opposite taste of it. You know? like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, our, our early um, canon was that we were enemies and then we had like an anti-hero journey and, and now we're friends. Mm. Wait, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? The first time we met, I... Uh, at UDS, um, was that mean? Was that mean to me? You were just like, oh, this is because there was there was a there was relationship drama with friends of ours, and and I got caught up in it, and I think I oh. had a, left a bad impression. Oh wow! Well, um, um, yeah. So this is. But then we we bonded over anime. Actually, <laughs> we and that's did. When you're like, I was oh, Kieran's say, actually not a bad guy. The power. It's funny. I only remember you. So Kieran and I go way way back. Mm. Um, not that long because we're super head? young. Uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, at uni, and I think um, I only remember you because uh, like my interactions were you just like sending me pictures of like uh, sorry like Ava models you'd made and stuff like that. So I was like, this guy's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. I didn't realize that we had some like some beef. We had minor beef. Oh, yeah, we did. No. We did. But it was good. I I I was too young and dumb to really appreciate it at the time. But now when I reflect on it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can I can fully understand why we had a, a micro beef. Wow. Um, Things you learn about yourself on podcasts. Just invite people on from your past. And you're yeah, like, did we it. have beef? Yeah. That's my ADHD. Like I just forgot everything that happened. So I was it probably went, a bit drunk the whole time in 2010, to be fair. Mm, 29, 2009, 2010. Yeah. I'm glad that we sorted through that. Um, Absolutely. Through anime. We. See the power. <laughs> this is now a fucking therapy session for Kieran and I. To you're totally oblivious as well. That Ava, <laughs> That's so bad. That Ava... Um, cosplay that I made and going way off the rails here. I think I still have it, but I, it was my first crack at um, cosplaying and I uh, it was made out of Wheatbix boxes. Yeah, it was, it was the It was Evangelion oh. Unit 1's helmet and I yeah. colored, I purple, colored it, sorry, painted it purple. Uh, it was paper mache It was like, it had hardened perfectly. Holy shit. And it like sat on my head, which was almost an accident because I just made it on a balloon. Right um, on. I remember this. I was hoping you were going to wear it tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, that would have been really perfect. Well, we're going to beef again. Yeah, oh, we're sure, not going to talk again. Can we CGI that in? Uh, <laughs> get nap in. No, so, orange. Uh, yeah. Studio orange. They do CGI. It's um, brilliant. But I guess it's all part of the process of being a, a big old anime fan. Is yeah, like yeah. And, and cosplaying Dragon Ball Z is so much easier than cosplaying True. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, um, significantly. Because you're like, wow, I just, I just – Push my hair up with uh, with with glue and then and then spray blonde <laughs> through it and now I'm a super <laughs> saiyan. Super saiyan. Orange jumpsuit, um, off you go. Like. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly, Broken, yeah. exactly. And now I can buy it anywhere. But, uh, oh yeah. You ever cosplayed um, Trunks? Uh, no, but I've I've cos I've cosplayed uh, Android Seventeen. Nice. Ah, uh, yes. A bit That's more niche. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, for the real fans. For the true fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of this novice shit. You know? <laughs> this is basic. Close the eyes off to make them look evil, as per. 
Toriyama style. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can so. for a novice like me, mm-hmm. can you explain? I know you did briefly. Just like so, Dragon Ball follows Goku. Okay, so they all follow Goku. <laughs> yeah, but him like when he's younger. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So how old is he in Dragon Ball? In Dragon, well, this is an interesting thing, and Toriyama does this occasionally. He makes little mistakes. Uh, and he admits it in all of his interviews. He goes, yeah, I was just riding by the seat of my pants and like sometimes I had to retcon things. Sometimes I just forgot that I did a thing and the fans reminded me. Um, but in the, the premise is that we meet Goku and he's 14 years old, which we learn after the first saga that he's actually 12 and he just didn't know he, how old he was. He just forgot his age because he'd grown up in the wilderness. Okay, that's fair. Um, and also, you know, spoilers, he's crash landed as an alien yeah. and adopted uh, in a forest by an old kung fu master. But yeah, it, it, he starts at age 12. He meets Bulma immediately, who's 14, and they go on an adventure to find the Dragon Balls, which are the seven mythical orange orbs which have stars in them that tell you what number they are. And um, and Goku has the fourth, which is why Bulma has come to him because she can track them on a radar. And if you find all seven Dragon Balls, uh, you get... You, you can summon the dragon Shenron and have any wish with an asterisk that your heart desires. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so from there, and again, this is Dragon Ball, from there, obviously, lots of other people have coined onto the, the existence of these orbs. They want them. Uh, and and also it's a world where there's an evil army who are after the Dragon Balls. There's innumerable magical but also mecha bad guys. And, um, yeah, they just sort of make their way through this world where uh, Goku just happens to have sort of superpowers inexplicably. Um, nice. But then also, I mean, again, that's probably one of the key differences between like Dragon Ball Z and maybe other property that was coming out of Japan at the time, like Power Rangers. Goku doesn't win every single time. And that's one of the, I think one of the main things that Toriyama introduced maybe to the whole shonen genre was the, the like overpowered, um godlike multi-episode villain arc so most of the sagas most of the chapters that make up dragon ball uh, and dragon ball z are named after the villain mm. that is that has to be overcome in order to survive or win yep freezer arc the cell saga yeah course, yeah exactly um that's what yeah the boo and boo as well um, boo. even the filler garlic jr arc um that's its own. It's its own whole thing. Does Vegeta my, starts out the Saiyan saga. I was about to say, yeah. where's my boy Vegeta at? Jeets. he's my Jeets. guy. Best buddy. Um, yeah. he's my guy. Love it. Piccolo gets two bad guy arcs because Piccolo is actually two, two. Well, he's three different dudes. Like technically. just like how? Sorry, can you how? Can you explain? So <laughs> uh, yeah, this is technically Dragon Ball. Not Dragon Ball Z. No, I'm happy to go into it. Uh, so Piccolo starts out as as one guy. He's the nameless Namek. He's forgotten his own name. He splits. He he calls himself Kame uh, when he goes for the position of guardian of Earth or god of Earth. But he's found, he's judged to have too much evil in his soul. Now, one of his abilities as a Namekian, spoiler, is that he can split himself into a good, a good uh, guy and a bad guy. So he essentially filters all of the evil in his body out and gives birth. Or, or in splitting becomes two guys, Kame and Piccolo. Not Kameha? Comes in a bit later. Wait, really? Oh, I was this doing a bad joke. I was doing a joke and this is real. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this is thousands of years in the like, past. Surely. Way before uh, Master Mutant Roshi comes up with the Kamehameha way. Okay, my bad. I'm so That's sorry. Okay. We're going to beef again. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a slight spelling difference as well if you're going really into the technicality of it because I think Kami and – no, Kami and Ka- – no, it's no, it's K-M – K A M E, yeah. K M K A M I, Kami and Kame. Kame, yeah. Mm. One means turtle. One means god. Mm. Uh, one means a green dude who lives in a platform and looks down at <laughs> the planet. Yep. Sweet. Um, <laughs> a turtle yeah. god, by the yeah, sounds of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Piccolo, yeah, Piccolo Senior. That's so. That's Piccolo Senior is split off from Kame. Now. They seal Piccolo Senior inside a rice cooker because he's so evil that his only ambition is to take over the world. But in splitting from Kami, he also inherits all of Kami's like strength. So he's overwhelmingly more powerful. They seal him in a rice cooker, but he is accidentally released maybe halfway through Dragon Ball, maybe closer to the end. And he becomes the the first like major, major villain arc. Uh, The first really insurmountable villain. Because before that, you have characters like Tao Po Po, 
uh, or mercenary Tao who beat Goku, but then within a couple episodes, Goku's found the strength to, to overcome Tao. So Piccolo is the first one. Uh, Piccolo is also the first time we see character deaths mm. in Dragon Ball, um, which is maybe another recurring, uh, maybe another thing that Toriyama sort of introduced to the, the genre is like uh, the idea of your main characters can die. They're not safe. George R. R. Martin's famously plagiarized that. <laughs> Kill your favorites. Famously, uh, yes. <laughs> and so Goku eventually beats Piccolo, but Piccolo in his dying act uh, does something that Namekians can also do, which is they can uh, spit out an egg, which is a perfect clone of themselves with all their power at their best moment at their prime. And he fires it off out of his mouth across the planet and uh, promises his dying breath is that in three years, his, his child Piccolo Jr. will come and be more powerful and will... Uh, kill Son Goku and all of his friends and enslave the planet Earth and make it his own. Piccolo Sr. had succeeded actually in in over in, in capturing the Earth and making it his, in ruling the Earth, but it only lasted a couple of days before Goku stepped in. Before he got uh, And so that brings in the, the final like arc of Dragon Ball, uh, the Piccolo Jr. saga, which starts with um, the last Tenkaichi Budokai of Dragon Ball, the one which um, I think I've already said Goku wins. And uh, so again, spoiler, Goku does beat Piccolo Jr. But it starts one of, well, one of the first major anti-hero or antagonist to protagonist arcs in the whole series. Interesting. Um, because we have micro ones like Yamcha's a bad guy for a yep, while. that's right. Oolong, uh, even Krillin, Tien, big one. Um, but Piccolo is the first really major bad guy. Yeah. Uh, anti-hero arc. Yes. Yeah, because I remember watching Dragon Ball um, Evolution, much to my dismay, <laughs> and being confused because I didn't know Dragon Ball very well and being mm. like, oh, Piccolo is the bad guy in this. Oh, and yeah. By Spike from Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> James yeah. Masters. James thing, Masters, yeah. Masters, for, us as, uh, for us as 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 watching Dragon Ball Z, we had no idea. And and maybe that mm. made it more riveting for us because it was all this stuff we didn't know. Yes. Mm. All yes. of that information that we didn't have access to yet uh, that a Japanese audience would have had where whereby you're like, why why is this green guy, like, why has he got beef with all the dudes on this island? Yeah. Like. Why is he taking the kid? Um, yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. He takes the kid, um, yeah. and it, it it comes up a couple of times later in Z, where it's like, no, I still hate you guys. I'm just working with you because it's convenient for me. So one day I'll over, I'll take over the world, and I'll I'll still be the demon king Piccolo. But for us, it's totally riveting because you're like, why is Piccolo a bad guy? Yeah, why is he like, acting like that? Yeah, because we don't have that information. And what do they mean? Why they keep calling him Piccolo Junior? Who's Piccolo Senior? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. he coming into it? Piccolo it's... Senior is my father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Graham, I want to bring you into this. So please don't. This was riveting. <laughs> we'll go back. But I want to know where did you come across? Because obviously we're talking about the Australian experience. Where did you come across Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball in the UK? So I think I've, I've I think we spoke about this probably the very first episode that I ever did. So my first experience with Dragon Ball isn't in the UK. It's in Spain. That's right. When I was on family holiday, probably in York or somewhere like that, turned on the TV and there was this amazing TV show, bright colors, big buff guys, coolest fights I've ever seen, but Spanish. <laughs> like the dub was Spanish. Here's an amazing dub. Mm. It probably like is. Incredible, yeah. But my, my entire thing was that, I was like, man, Spanish cartoons slap. Like, <laughs> of these course. Spaniards, they've got it going on. <laughs> got it going on. on. <laughs> and then probably a few years later, that's when Toonami launched, which is probably for the rest of the world, New Norman Hemisphere Cartoon Network. Toonami was that yeah. the, the cheese TV of mm -hmm. everywhere else. And that's when I finally saw the English dub Dragon Ball Z. I was very confused. I was like, oh, they've translated this Spanish cartoon into a <laughs> into a English show. This is weird. All right. Yeah, I'll go. And they probably it. sat with me for a few years after that as well. Right. But yeah, Toonami obviously is the big the big thing. Yeah. That's where everything drops. Um late night Toonami was wild as well, because that's when all the movies would come on and mm -hmm. it was late. So it was like Violence Jack and yeah. Ghost in the Shell and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember being just so enthralled with Dragon Ball Z. And I remember at the time, internet cafes were just becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. So I used to take the bus into the city, hire whatever it was. I can't remember what it was, like a couple of pounds, you get a few hours. And then just looking at pictures of stuff that I had no context for. So seeing like Super Saiyan 3 with the long hair, and I'm like, what's that? That's mm -hmm. wild. Mm -hmm. And even at this point, probably GT was probably 
around. So you would yeah. see, you know, S5 with the red. And I was like completely enthralled and enamored and like where this thing could go. And then also seeing weird fan stuff as well mm. and having no context of that was real or not or what, you know. So internet cafe, Spanish TV, Toonami. This is, this is the power yes. of it. This is yeah. the power of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this, this legitimate this- transnational power of this show from the 80s yeah. by, you know, a guy in, in Japan, you know, Toriyama, who is now the one of the godfathers of modern anime. Of course, you know, before him was Matezuka, of course. But it's very interesting that it can have such an insane reach and is really an extraordinary insane. piece of art. Is that why you kept going with it? Yeah, sorry, absolutely. Yeah, and, and just the fact that there's still such an active fandom. Every yeah. time I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I could... Uh, maybe this is the part of my life where I don't have Dragon Ball in it for too much. And then suddenly it's like, oh no, no, it's in my YouTube. It's on my Instagram. It's everywhere. Like, and it's probably my algorithm just knows that, that I need that fix of like <laughs> orange and blue jumpsuits and, <laughs> you know, hi- hyper color, purple, blue, yellow, like, but infinitely accessible by the fan base as well, because I, I think probably, well, I was I was certainly into coming up with my own iterations of what what could be the next Super Saiyan. Like, mm. if Frieza can transform, if Cell can transform, then why can't Goku like do like a, a a cool thing where he's like an ape and then yeah, the Super Saiyan Four, Super Saiyan Five fan art. Like, it, it, there's so much fan art. And in fact, some of the some of the coolest media that you see or or uh, IP out there uh, is fan based. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, again, Toriyama's passions uh, apart from drawing sort of fantasy and aliens is mecha and it's yep. a world where where there's the super hyper technology of, of capsule corp where you can make mm-hmm. practically anything and fit it inside a capsule that's this big and you can press the button and throw it and boom you got a house boom you got a uh, interstellar spaceship like mm. but then at the same time you got someone like goku who's lived for 12 years in the absolute wilderness and has never seen a girl before mm. um which is the plot arc of that first episode but um it, it just gives you the capacity to to do anything. anything. It and, does. And now with the Xenoverse, they they can make things like um, so. The Xenoverse is is sort of a, a in games, but now super idea that that Dragon Ball Z has multiple universes. And I think re- realistically, the the whole Trunks saga introduced that of multiple timelines. Um, but where where GT is is canonical in one of these spin off universes. Um, the movies are all canonical in a different spin-off universe. It just makes everything sort of canon, which makes it fun, yeah. more fun and more accessible, and, mm. and gives more more options to the fans to be like, no, I I actually really did like Baby Vegeta, like Baby <laughs> the bad guy Vegeta, not the alternate universe where Vegeta lands on Earth, Baby Vegeta, like the, you know <laughs> where he gets in, in, infest, infected by a, a tuffle, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just crazy tough. shit. Yeah, just crazy shit. <laughs> this is crazy the thing. shit because there's infinite possibilities. It's an anime about kung fu because Toriyama was inspired by you know Sun Wukong, Journey to the West, the mm-hmm. Monkey King, Monkey Magic, uh, but also Jackie Chan, but also like drawing robots. Yeah, it's like well, I just stick all these things into one, and I'm really good at writing comedy, Doctor Slump. So why don't I just keep writing comedy but put in kung fu? Yeah. Um, and that's what that's how it's spawned. Because it's kind of goofy in many respects. Oh, so you goofy. know, like especially Dragon Ball. Yeah, right. Well, I guess this funny thing about it is that it's like it's both simultaneously insanely earnest, but also doesn't take itself seriously. Kind of does two things simultaneously, you know. Mm. And Toriyama, of course, like for those of you who listened to our JRPG episode, also unfortunately, uh, GGZ, uh, may it rest in peace. That venue is no longer. Very sad. Uh, shout out to Lockie, my good friend. Doing okay, brother. But we obviously interviewed him down there. And, you know, again, I was getting into Dragon Ball Z with him back in the day. Mm. Obviously all JRPGs. Just, you know, sort of inadvertently consuming all this Japanese culture without knowing it was, as you said, not really knowing it was Japanese. You know what I mean? Like, which is fascinating. But of course, Toriyama also very famously, one of the most famous video games of all time is called Chrono Trigger. He did the artwork for that. And even more famously, I suppose, and also to show just how much of a creative genius he is, he did the artwork for Dragon Quest. Yeah. And Dragon Quest is one of the seminal JRPGs which shaped the whole genre. And of course, you can go listen to that episode if you want to hear more about that. I won't get bogged down in it. But the man's a visionary. And the same, I mean, like in many ways is the the modern godfather of shonen battle anime and also the modern godfather of, of 
JRPG. I mean, he didn't write uh, Dragon Quest, but still, the, the aesthetic shape of mm. Dragon Quest. Him. Sam, would you say that uh, Kira Toriyama is the um, undisputed king oh. of Shannon oh. Anime? You know what? Bring it back. You could make a very strong <laughs> argument that Akira Toriyama is the undisputed king of modern Japanese anime. I don't think you've said that for a year. It's been a while. It's been a while. We shat on Joke you way too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So I pulled out an undisputed king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a valid one. It's a valid one. Because because you, you, a said good some, undisputed you said king. undisputed king about the weirdest shit yep. before. And I've been yep. like, that doesn't yep. make sense at all. No, but this that's one, debatable. But um, <laughs> this is a fair one. This is a fair one. But I mean, just just the sheer creative genius that this man had. And you were saying, so can you explain about his comedy writing a little bit? It's, it's quite earnest. It's very slapstick. I think, it, well, it, it's been mentioned on the podcast before. A lot of Japanese comedy comes from puns. Yes, uh, it's a very earnest language. They don't really have sarcasm, so the the comedy has to has to come through in other ways. Um, in Dragon Ball, it's it's all through miscommunications that occur um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, that earnestness uh, and also. Um, Non secretors, uh, yes. character surprises. I mean, in, it's just peppered throughout. And what did he write before Dragon Ball? What was his? Directly before was yeah. Dr. Slump. Yes. Or Arele, which is about a robot girl and her father, the guy, the, the professor who makes her and their adventures. And there's actually a couple of, cro- there's a crossover um, chapter or a couple of chapters in the manga and in the anime where Goku goes to Penguin Island where Arale lives. Wow. And Dr. Slump's all set there and meets the characters and, yeah. Insane. Have a, cro- a cute little crossover. But beyond that, I think because he then spent the next 10 years, 1984 to 1995, so 11 years dedicatedly making Dragon Ball purely because the fans were rabid for it. Yes. Uh, rabid for it. He notes it in his... in. There's a little, at the start of each manga, he'll do a little um, how he's going and draw a little caricature of himself, a sort of portrait. And, uh, you know, around the Cell Saga, he's starting to say, guys, I'm really tired. <laughs> the editors are really pushing oh, me. Guys, I'm burning. <laughs> I, I thought I'd finish this week's, episode, this, this week's um, drawings and then I realized I hadn't put the polka dots, polka dots on cell yet and I had to go back and do all the dots. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, stuff like that. That's uh, Simpsons quote when he makes, when Bart has all this, like the psycho, psychic power and he makes Krusty never stop performing. He's like, <laughs> just one little boy. Oh, let me stop. <laughs> that is Toriyama with the fan base. That's, <laughs> that is it. Yeah, it's just incredibly interesting. And I want to go back to something you mentioned before mm. about this idea of the hard work. And it's something we see across shown in anime all over. And it's, you know, the hard worker versus the genius, right? Mm. And it's interesting when you mentioned Superman, because obviously Superman, I think, is much more emblematic of the United States cultural time oh, yeah. where it was like, we are just better. We are just great. Mm. You know, like we are Americans are great. We don't need to do even try. We are just by virtue of being American. We're fucking great. You know, and like that was very much, I think, a lot of the subtext of, I mean, he's an outsider. I get that, mm. you know, obviously it's not that simplistic, but it is, um, quite different to what the Japanese clearly culturally hold very dear. We can see this in their work culture, where you can see this in all of their their cultural products or texts, that hard work is quite possibly the most desirable attribute of a Japanese citizen in many, many ways. And it can be done in a very toxic way. We see this with Kuroshi, uh, which means to work yourself to death. It's a whole phenomenon amongst businessmen and workers in Japan. But- we also see the beauty and incredibleness of it with the extraordinary things that they created. Anyone who's seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi, you know, just the, the dedication, the extreme dedication to craft and the level. I mean, you've just been to Japan, the gardens. I mean, like, oh, just, yeah. I mean, the, the attention to detail in somewhere like Rio Angie or something, it's just, you just can't even, until you go there and see it, you're like, mm-hmm. I can't. Oh my God, how long? How the, Generations the of people Generations. dedicating their lives. To, yes. to maintaining these gardens so they can pass it on to the next, like the, it's almost like we're not, we didn't inherit these gardens. We're custodians for the next generation. It's extraordinary. We'll be custodians for the next generation after that. hundred um, percent. And there's a lot of that in this. And I like the idea that it is that thing of like, you're right. It's not just because Goku is the best. Mm, no. He works harder than everybody else. Goku dies so. a lot. He dies and a it's lot, mean. dude. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> who's like, uh, yeah, yeah. oh, and Goku died again. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, he's always working and sometimes he, fucks up yeah he didn't work hard enough 
That's it. Makes a mistake. And obviously there's an element of toxicity there again with that, you know, mm. it's a very complicated um, I'm not going to dive in much further into that. But Is he it's, a good father? Let's not about that. I was about to ask this. <laughs> All right, here we go. Bad anime Is Goku dads. a good father? One of the best. So I, I in terms of like, I was quickly prefaced by saying uh, I wanted to come to this episode talking about the dub, the Funimation dub, particularly with um, Christopher Sabat and Sean Samel yep. and, uh, and those, you know, that whole team, purely because that was my gateway experience and I wanted to be able to share that. There is an excellent moment. There's several excellent moments, but in the Cell Saga, which is arguably probably Cell and Freezer are the two best. Yeah, those are my favorite. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a moment where Goku hands the battle. He he forfeits the Cell Saga because he's like, Gohan's gonna do it. Yes. Gohan's gonna Gohan's gonna fight him. And we've known throughout all of Dragon Ball Z that Gohan can't just access his power. He needs to like he needs to feel it he needs to mm. become enraged because he's not a fighter like his dad he's a different kind of fighter his fighting comes out of necessity uh his passion is really for for the like academics and that sort of thing and he's also at that stage 11 years old um, is he 11 he's teen gohan <laughs> teen gohan actually refers to uh, yeah. the beginning the great saiyaman gohan at the beginning of of the sort of boo world tournament wizard arc he's tween gohan He's only 11. He was four at the beginning of the Saiyan saga. Jesus. Uh, so, are you winning, son? Yeah. Freezer saga <laughs> takes place a year Dead later. Goku. <laughs> and so, yeah, and his dad throws him into this battle after being absent for most, like yeah. his dad's been there for the first four years of his life, then been dead. Um, then uh, they go to Namek and his dad decides after Namek to just like stay off world for another year, just for fun. He's just learning the instant, instant transmission among other techniques. So in the Busa, sorry, the Cell Saga, they've finally had some time together. They've spent some time in the hyperbolic time chamber and, and trained for two years in two days. And, um, and Goku puts Gohan forward against this universe or this galaxy crushing entity that is Cell that's made up of the cells of, all of their best and best friends and worst enemies, Frieza, Vegeta, Goku, Tien, Piccolo, all of them. They're all in cell. And um, like, Gohan, you do it. And Gohan can't do it because he doesn't have a reason to do it. And it's not his thing. He doesn't just want to fight for the sake of like, it's the cell games. It's cells mm. tournament. It's a game to sell because he's part Saiyan. It's a game to go Goku and Vegeta. Uh, but Trunks and Gohan, it's not. It's life and death. Um, you see that a lot in Cell's character arc in the Android saga when he's like, wow, we could just stop this all now. You guys want to fight? You guys want to end the world? But anyway, at, at this moment. So Goku pushes Gohan forward. He's getting the crap beaten out of him. And Piccolo, and fantastic job by Christopher Asabat because he's playing both Piccolo and Vegeta. And Piccolo, who's become Gohan's sort of like adopted father figure because, spoiler alert, Goku is a bit of a useless father. He has some great moments, but I think, and you see it in the, the newest movie, the Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Um, Piccolo is not just the cool uncle. He's kind of like dad too. And Sabat has to argue with Goku and also with himself as Vegeta uh, about why like your 11-year-old your, your boy doesn't understand why his father is watching while he gets beaten to death. And, and just the emotion in that. Mm. And the, it's, oh, it's so raw. It's so real. <laughs> Uh, watching that as a as a probably a teenager at that stage, it was groundbreaking because they didn't mm. let us have cartoons like that before yeah. that. You know, it was yeah, like yeah. we had to watch Rugrats and Doug and Hey Arnold and uh, <laughs> real monsters, Angry Beavers, Cat <laughs> Dog. Like he was he was a, he was bangers, a, a, a green <laughs> alien who had finally come to terms with the fact that he was now a good guy and he had to fuse with his alter ego who he hated. Um, because he'd been rejected by the guy thousands of years ago. He finally comes to terms with that and that he's now going to be like, and he's, and he's I'm getting emotional. He's going to terms with that. And all the gravitas of that wasn't something that we were allowed to have as kids. And here it yeah. was like this guy in a booth, probably looking at a picture of this green alien being like, and that's my, that's my like son figure, my best friend, the person who made me decide to like embrace humanity, Gohan. Is being beaten to death because his good for nothing father doesn't understand that Gohan doesn't like fighting. <sighs> it's incredible. Yeah. Well, maybe he it's should incredible. like fighting. <laughs> That's my take of that. And then, Thanks, Charlie. I'm with Goku. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. After Cell, gotta Goku, beat that shit out of him. I don't want to spoil too much because I know it's like if this is your gateway, then I don't want to ruin it for you. But Goku then decides to be dead for a lot longer and lets Gohan just like not have a dad. 
Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, Goku is, <laughs> is so obsessed with fighting and, and improving himself and bettering himself that he takes every opportunity to be a lousy dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There Poor are times Chi-Chi. when he is a brilliant dad. Poor Chi Chi. Yeah. Chi Chi, when I have to she come out of the hyperbolic time mm-hmm. chamber, I'm like, fuck no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, babe, you're going to be home. Older, for, like, babe, oh, you're going to be home for dinner? He's like, yeah. oh, sorry. No. <laughs> so, babe. Don't, yeah. I'm just going to go <laughs> yeah. to outer space for a while. But yeah, and it touches on why I think. You know, I'll never forget in Naruto the episode where everything changed for me and where I really got mm. hooked on anime was episode 17 when, and spoilers, when you think Sasuke has died mm. with Haku, the fight, and Zabuza, extraordinary arc, uh, and you think he's dead and the demon fox seal starts to break and Naruto goes nuts and finally cracks, you know, that famous thing, I'll kill you or in our nominate in our sub I have was I'll tear you apart and literally finally beats Hakuman turn you know and so whoa I'm being like whoa this is fucking intense dude like mm. again cartoons weren't that for us so when we grew up they were kids I forget South Park was coming out but again comedy like it was all comedy mm. it was all comedy or kid shows you know Simpsons all that stuff of course obsessive brilliant stuff but like I'm sure adult western animation existed but like it just wasn't not in this way, though. No, and even no, now, no, like, most way, no. of them are inspired by anime. So you've got Avatar. I guess, like, Clone Wars is something that is kind of, you know, yeah, that's, but that's, that's kind of later. Bit, really way later. But, yeah, but you're right. It's that, that exact thing you're talking about, like, the really adult character-driven themes uh, in cartoon form with people, mm. you know, with crazy lights and fucking fighting. And, you know, it's like, it's just, we had ne- we'd never seen anything like it. You know? It felt naughty. It felt like it wasn't, we weren't meant to be allowed to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it may be, like, current pop culture reference like the barbie movie mm-hmm. starts with like in the beginning there were only baby dolls and then barbie that was that was it for mm. us it was like in the beginning True. there was only rugrats <laughs> <laughs> but when you grow up when you're a kid you don't want to be a baby anymore you don't want mm-hmm. people to be like oh that's a baby kid so then there was dragon ball mm-hmm. yeah and yeah that's yeah. that's for big kids it's violent yeah it's violent mm-hmm. in the west they did um cut out a lot of the blood i mean there's a uh Famously, in the Nappa punches Tien so hard, canonically a character who's been on par with Goku for a very long time, punches Nappa, uh, Tien in the arm so hard, his arm comes off at like mid uh, forearm. Mm. And he's pouring blood, as you would do. In our version, no blood. No it blood. just instantly is seared, closed. It's like a lightsaber wound. It's just, mm. it's just mm. funny. I mean, he's in an incredible amount of pain and it's still extremely violent. You see this man's arm get punched off. A man who inexplicably you've developed a very strong emotional relationship with despite only having known him for two or three episodes at that stage as well. I remember being upset for that with Tien, yeah. He, yeah. Was, a, he was a great character. Mm. He's just so cool. And he's, why has he got three eyes? He looks so cool. Yeah, um, um, like, is yeah, Master no. Roshi a good guy? <laughs> Master Roshi is a good guy. Yeah. If if I was to say there's a, the, like a <laughs> con of Dragon Ball, he's a perv. Like, is that, is yeah, that yeah, Master Roshi is yeah. where is is the like the character that allows Toriyama to make fun of fan service, yeah. right? Um, because he's the he's the seedy old man. He's the um, Ero Senen in in Naruto, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in Dragon Ball form, he's Master Roshi. Mm. Yeah, he's constantly. I mean. The whole way that they bring him on board is that they convince Bulma to flash him. And then he's like, I'll be your master. I'll give you the <laughs> you flying it. Nimbus and I'll teach you Kung Fu. Like, yeah. But that said, in yeah, terms of Dragon Ball yeah. Z, uh, really pretty good on, like, there's not much fan service. No, no, yeah. no, um, no. To be yeah. honest. True. Especially for Japan in that it time. kind of leaves it behind in Dragon Ball. Mm. There's a little tiny bit in the in the, in the the Boo saga. But that, again, is, is more making fun of most Master Roshi as the old man who, like, Oh, I fell into your boobs. Like, mm, yeah, whoops. Yeah. And then he does it to Android 18, who just like decimates him with a single punch because she's that much more powerful than he yeah. is. Roshi is a good guy. He's a, he a, he a, got a good heart. A hero character. He <laughs> has a good heart, but not a pure heart. Good. Well, uh, I guess he's also a product of his times because he's also hundreds of years old because uh, he has access to the Fountain of Youth. Mm. But he just happened to have drunk from it when he was very old. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. <laughs> Which is one that's of Toriyama's gags. That's, that's a real yeah. bummer, to be honest. That's funny. Like, that's like really a fantastic funny. Toriyama bit where he's like, oh, yeah, he can live forever, but unfortunately, like, as a CD old, old man. Reverse time. No, that is great. Now, who's everyone's favorite character? Who is everyone's favorite Dragon Who? Ball Z character? Master Roshi. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I wanted to be Bulma, but mm. I'm but a basic lady. Oh, no, because I want to be Bulma because I like Vegeta. So that makes sense. So I'm going to go with 
Bulma, but I also great choice though. I like Future Trunks because I mm. had a crush on him when I was a kid. Future Trunks, who didn't? Mm-hmm. When he arrives in that little crop jacket with the hair, like mm. it's, it's a hell stop of a it. it's a vibe, hell of a drip. It's yeah. a vibe. I used to comb my hair into a middle part to try and look like Future Trunks uh, uh, in high school. Yeah, probably ten to twelve. <laughs> How'd you go with it? Uh, it, it never sat like that. Mine was curly at the time. Uh, so it would just like bunch up into little ringlets by about 10 a.m. So no one got it. No one Damn got it. That I was doing. <laughs> but, um, Bomb is an excellent character though. There you go. She's a she's a uh, mastermind. She's a genius. She always comes out like she MacGuffins the, the cast's way out of so many problems because she's the only one smart enough to do it. Mm, cool. Good character. Yeah. Great. Right. <sighs> I always toss up between Vegeta and Theresa. Mm. Oh, Freezer. Like Freezer, I like because he's just a force of pure evil. Mm. Like there's no, it, does, it doesn't need a backstory. He is just a force of pure evil. Which, yep. But then Vegeta, you've also got like, you know, the layers of him being the, the prince of the Saiyans and has that I've got to be better than you type of mentality. But yeah, I don't know. Out of those two, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm a Vegeta Hard. man. I'm probably leaning to a Vegeta, but yeah, me I kind too. of love me some Freezer. That's a good choice. I'm going. I'm going Vegeta. Basic. Whoa. All right, Karen. This is a big call. Karen, this is a big call. This is the this one that is for Mr. me. Mr. Popo. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Popo. Uh, There's only a problem in the West in Japan that I mind. Yep. Uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> Different culture. Who am I to dictate? Yeah. Who am I? Who you know? Who we, am I? We try not to judge. Um, you guys had an episode on that. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, probably Icarus. No. Uh, <laughs> Gohan's non-canon uh, dragon friend. No, uh, <laughs> deep cuts. Look, I was gonna say I, I, I would. Oh God, there's so many to choose from. Now you bring up Goten. <laughs> Wait, is How he actually is Goten a contender here? Like, it was Goten's fantastic because he's like, what if we did Goku again? Um, but he's already Super Saiyan. Uh, he's raised by Chi Chi. He's raised by Chi Chi and Gohan, so he's already a Super Saiyan by the time we meet him, and he's like seven years old, and. Um, and he's just like this happy-go-lucky kind of like dumb kid who just like takes everything at face value. Whereas you have Trunks, like Kid Trunks, as his offsider and best friend, who's like world smart because his dad's the principal Saiyans and his mum's a super genius. So he's just like super sarcastic and like mentally runs rings around Gohan, uh, Goten, but Goten's so in awe of the whole world mm. um, that, that you just forgive him instantly for all of it. Toriyama is really good at creating multi-layered characters mm-hmm. straight away. All right, this is a hard one. Um, probably Vegeta as well. Yeah. Maybe Piccolo. Piccolo was my second choice. Piccolo sure, senior yeah. or junior? <laughs> junior. <laughs> the junior. I guess Sorry Vegeta. That. Vegeta's anti-hero arc is like a staple, but probably the best example of Toriyama's like anti-hero arcs, the conversion mm. arcs. Yeah, Vegeta kind of goes through it twice because by the end of the Cell Saga, he's like, okay, now I just have to accept that I'm kind of one of the good guys now. But then it gets revisited in the Boo arc and, and all of his reasoning is all there and it's just so personal and so gritty and you see this guy just like, oh, he starts at the bottom, you know? He, he's born as the principal Saiyans, but he's, enslaved he's in the indentured servant of the man who didn't just kill his dad like in a really humiliating way but also his entire species and Mm. his planet his home all of it is gone he has no father he has no mother he has no people um because of freezer and freezer he's he's freezer's dog he's a lap dog for freezer he has no choice um and then he goes to earth to clean up after raditz uh, and maybe to get a wish a low-level Saiyan, one of the three, four survivors, or no, five canonically now because Broly's canon, who survived the destruction of planet Vegeta. Toriyama has a fun naming thing as well. We can talk about that a bit later if you want. It's, uh, <laughs> who survived survived the destruction of Vegeta and the, the Saiyan people. Um, and, and he gets beaten down by the lowest ranking cast of Saiyan, which is what Goku is. Mm. Goku and Raditz are like the low-level um, Saiyans and their power levels are absolutely unremarkable, and yet he gets smacked down. And his oh. his his sidekick, his I guess his only confidant his whole life, who he does pretty dirty to Nappa, is also just like slapped by Goku. 
And so from there, it's just like redemption. He gets to Namek, he gets to Namek to try and get the Dragon Balls, and he he's he's experienced a Zenkai boost that Saiyans get when they get beaten to near death. Their power exceeds what it was previously, um, and he thinks he might be the Super Saiyan. And he's just like he's climbing, he's climbing, he's beating people who normally could beat him, and he's getting better and better and better. And then Goku becomes the Super Saiyan, not him. Oh. And then he's like, he has to live on Earth because mm. he has nowhere else to go. His people are gone. He doesn't have a spaceship. He just has to live there because now his only purpose in life is to beat Goku, is to get stronger than Goku. But he can't, he can't take over the world until he beats Goku. Mm. And Goku doesn't even give him the opportunity to do that because Goku stays off world for such a long time. And then they're thrown into the Cell Saga. And again, like he trains in the hyperbolic time chamber. He's the first one to become Super Saiyan 2. Then Goku... And his son, Gohan, are both stronger. Um, his half-Saiyan brat. <laughs> uh, and then, and and so that brings us to the Boo saga, where like the half-Saiyan brat beats Cell, not Trunks, not his own son, not mm-hmm. Vegeta himself. And all of that pent-up, all that th- those pent-up feelings of inadequacy and and always working like to near death and just still not being good enough, of having lost all that um, and sacrificed so much and still just being like, second best, third best, all comes out in in the Boo saga. And it's really earned and really justified. And it's one of the best battles of the whole mm-hmm. the whole franchise. And um and and it opens him up for his his sort of final turning point as well. It's mm-hmm. yeah. I mean it's such <sighs> a it's so deep and layered. And you're obviously of course watching Super. I'm watching so right now, because I uh, before this I rewatched all of all two hundred and ninety one episodes, including the filler of Dragon Ball. Now that's um, commitment. It was good fun. <laughs> just for this? Yeah. Just for this. He didn't like, have to better. Respect, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, dude. Well, I was like, I got to be fresh. I got to be fresh. I got to know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Like, there's I'm only so much you know, I, I'll like remember based on nostalgia and having watched it like here and there. Uh, I like, I want it to be really fresh for us. Oh, so for sure, man. It, including the brilliant. filler. And the best filler is Goku and Piccolo learn to drive. Um, <laughs> that is good. Hands down, the garlic, the garlic yeah. saga is a, is a filler saga. Nothing on Goku and Piccolo learning to drive. <laughs> that, was, um, that was gold. I love that. Yeah. And super, I so super, I haven't gotten around to. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I'm scared. Yep. Because once I am up to date with super, there's nothing left. Mm. This is like True. the emotional experience that I felt when I finished GT. Uh, as a, oh, I must have been like 15 or 16. Like I. I like sheltered. I like went into my room and just hid for like a full day just because I was like letting go of the Dragon Ball world and everything that it had meant to me and all the characters and the significance they had in my life was like hard. Mm. I often sometimes don't even finish the last episodes of things that I really love. Like I actually mm. just don't watch the last episode because I can't bring myself to. I feel like I'm losing like i'm grieving for something it's like you, yeah. know, you get so attached and you're like this can't be the end yeah i, yeah. I did it with hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy never read the last chapter um I, I and and that's the reason why i put super off yeah is mm. because i i don't know you know don't know how i'll cope <laughs> for sure yeah, so i'm watching yeah. the movies so i'm like up to date the yeah. dragon ball super movies i'm up to date but i haven't watched the tournament of power arc or or the you know, um, Black Goku, Black Freezer. Like, I don't know what they're all about um, because they're not in the movies. Um, I, I will get around to them. In fact, you know, we could do a whole podcast on on that. On oh, Super 100%. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I guess it's so special too because it's like, it's one of those things, a bit like, you know, Ross Chisari, who we had on, of course, with Pokemon, who's just been there since day one and will, is, is just on the train, you know what I mean? Like, mm. and will not stop until it ends and it won't. So it's like, that's wonderful. That's a good thing about Pokemon, I suppose. It'll forever yeah. continue but oh good or bad things depending on how you want to look at it but the fact that it has been something that has stuck with you for so long you can hear the passion in your voice when you speak about it and it's really special and also even for us even though we're not still watching it what it's done for all of us has given us something that's so special i mean you know, we're actually on a fucking anime podcast right we love this shit yeah. we love it so much you know and it's, sometimes we often sort of forget that you know what i mean it's like Anime is something that really legitimately, honestly changed my life and all of us here, right? You know, it's something that we are, we identify with, we're part of a fandom and Dragon Ball is one of the major reasons that we all got into this. And it's something that should be admired 
and respected. And thank you for bringing that level of respect and and passion to it. Because honestly, it's you know this this whole genre genre medium is just something which you know I will be watching till till the day I fucking die. You know what I mean? It's the thing I still watch the most. Obviously, I'm still watching. You know, I'm watching a show about a cat who lived who, a, a, an anthropomorphic cat that that cooks dinner, and I love it. Um, you know, it's peak. <laughs> it's peak. It's peak. Thank content. you, Graham. It's peak. It's I'm just being king of this season, but. Uh, <laughs> It's Two in a- one episode is that's <laughs> it's ground ground across the line. But yeah, Sam, no, no, he's lost it. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's Sam saying too. Yeah. That's it. That's the power. That's our Sam power. Saying saying really achieve saying three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen one day. But no, uh, Kieran, thank you so much for coming on, mate. I You're really welcome. appreciate it. It's been a long time coming, and thank you so much. Yeah, no, no, no. Thanks for having me. I uh, again have been listening to this since the beginning and yeah. it's just really great to finally be on and um i brought you some gifts Ooh. gifts for japan Ooh. oh my god we got japan gifts people wow. i got some gacha gacha oh so hell yes lucky dips. Lucky dip gacha. Gacha. i went into the the specific gacha gachas and was like i'll get something for that that i've heard that sam graham and charlotte like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but then i was like i'll let him Lucky dip it. I'll let them lucky dip it instead. This has been that way. They this might not get the right been thing. the best fucking episode. <laughs> I know. No. I learned something. I didn't have to say a thing. <laughs> I get a prize. Right, gotcha. So for those of you who aren't watching the YouTube what? video, oh, give it open them. We're gonna get these open. So oh. this is Piccolo Junior. This, this is when he's just born, but by the age of four, he looks like the Piccolo that we all know and love. So he's actually only um, four cute. years older than Gohan. That's very cute. Oh, you guys. Really? Are you still going off? This? It's so hard to open. It was <laughs> like, well, you guys open those. I'll rattle off some hey. fun facts about Dragon Ball Z. Um, Toriyama hey. has a fun naming thing that he does. I got my guy. So, um, Pig. I'll leave it. I'll leave it as homework for all the listeners and okay. viewers. But, um, but Toriyama names all his characters in like a pattern. So all the Saiyans are named after vegetables. Earthlings are named after food. <laughs> Namekians right. are named after instruments. Mo- some of them, not all of them. All of Freezer's family. Yeah, let's have a look. You got. Sorry, I got. You got the Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, yeah. Are you got the Yu Hakushu. Yeah, that's so good. Yu Yes, God, it's been so long. So yeah, there's a whole like non-canon Dragon Ball universe that exists that's very much within the zeitgeist. It's crazy. Uh, and contains characters like Broly, um, Lord Slug, Cooler, Freezer's brother. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> characters like that. Freezer and Cooler. Who'd have thought? And King Cold. And King Cold, Cold. yeah. Again, naming. King the Cold. way he names the characters. <laughs> yeah. It's not you. Man, sure love it. Refrigerators. Yeah. So good. All the Saiyans, Nappa, Vegeta, Prince Vegeta of the Saiyans. In Japanese, the word Saiyan is a is a breakdown of uh, Yasai, which means vegetable. Uh, Kakarot. Oh, Kakarot. Raditz. Yeah, yeah. Raditz yeah. all there. I always oh, really man. wanted Toriyama this. Toriyama, you duck. Yeah. <laughs> if you look, it's there. If you look for it, you can find it. <laughs> you will find it. <laughs> I always did want to see Napa go Super Saiyan and just see a blonde mustache. Fan art of like Raditz as a Super Saiyan three. Yeah, of course. Where like his oh, hair, which is already thigh those, length, yeah. goes double thigh length, and he just like steps on it a bunch. <laughs> Love it. Like, no, but of course. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And if look, if you're a big Dragon Ball fan, here's a little trip down memory lane. If you haven't watched it. It still has staying mm. power to this day and is such a vital part of yeah. Western anime fandom. So, so you guys No, I was just going to say, I'm so glad that Kieran put our differences, uh, you know, we put it behind <laughs> us. Uh, yeah. them for everyone, but also <laughs> put them behind no us. no recollection. I'm looking forward to being like, what did we fight about? <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, oh, oh that's a whole new podcast. So yeah. oh, for those well, of you who join our Patreon, yeah. you will hear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patron, Patreon the history of the Charlie and Kieran <laughs> Dungeon, <laughs> which means nothing is. to anyone. Our tournament arc. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for coming. No, up, you're though. welcome. Indeed. Now, uh, of course, if you like what we're doing, you can find us on Instagram. You can also find us on YouTube, which you're hopefully watching on. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of the good ones. And of course, if you really like what we're doing, you can check us out on Patreon. Obviously, we're a small little operation and, you know, we work hard on this and every little bit helps. So look, and we're going to be doing a lot more content over there these days. Uh, lots of BTS, lots more... Um, Graham and I are going to be getting together and talking about what we're watching every week. What you're watching, like what you're reading. What doing. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm playing 
a, no, I'm spoiling it. This is for the Patreons. Yeah. So uh, you'll get that if you join Patreon. And access to our Discord server where we do hang out and talk about a lot of stuff. And you want to hear some hot takes about anime that's not getting on the podcast. Or the Discord's a place personal to be. relationships. Yeah. <laughs> well, indeed, personal relationship drama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Here we go. Time ago. Fine. But no, Kieran, thank We're you so fine. much, my man. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Pleasure. And well, if you're you not, the if, if, the, if the fans aren't after a whole, a whole 293 apps, the Kai exists, Dragon Ball Kai, which is the abridged, the, mm. the official abridged. It's closer to Toriyama's, uh, you know, published material, less filler. Ooh. Right on. Dragon but Ball Kai. We miss them learning how to drive, so I'm not interested. You do, so don't bother. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, so forget it. It's what, for 161 enormous, episodes? So you, uh, no. Oh, just no two, 293. Goku and Piccolo learn to drive. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to skip, straight to it. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll catch you next time. All the best. Thanks.